1: just can't sit there and trade twos for threes, you can't do it. You're gonna lose, coming down the stretch, you're gonna lose.
0: And more, you won't find better coverage of Spartan hoops than you will get here. For both the casual and hardcore fan, come along as we take you for a green and white ride. Hey everybody, it's Eric alongside Rod here to talk about MSU's upcoming game against the Wisconsin Badgers to tip off Big Ten play. Thanks to everyone for entering the Beat Rod contest. Purdue was the popular choice, not surprisingly, to win the Big Ten. I kind of wonder how all those folks feel after Purdue dropped its first game in <laughs> Evanston. <laughs> uh, anyway, special thanks yeah. to Richard Wagner who subscribed to support the show on Substack. Thanks a ton, Richard. We really appreciate it. Also, we preach all appreciate all of you who helped make this show possible at the Scott Skiles level and especially Bill Church, Chad Hickey, Brian O'Donnell at the Mateen Cleves level and Adam Walzack, Dan Rankin, Doug Robinson, James Benton, Jim L, Mark Reynolds, Michael Bosnick, and Scott Driscoll, all at the Draymond Green level. If you're in the giving spirit and want to help keep the lights on the old show, head on over to TFF slash support to get the links necessary to click on. Okay. Rod, as I lose you big tens looking a little less certain than it did before
1: play began with number one, Purdue drop. <laughs> Go ahead. I think, I think that you can say that about everybody everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, the team that probably has the best case, um, for being, you know, they, I think they are right. Number one, right, is Arizona, yeah. um, but I don't, I don't feel like Arizona is some unbeatable juggernaut. They're a nice team, for sure, but I mean, Michigan State, for all their inconsistencies, probably should have beat them. Yeah, they certainly could have. You I know? mean, they had a reasonable chance to. Yeah, I mean, uh, they were up three yeah. with, uh, yeah, they were right there. Yeah, well, and and so that tells you all you need to know. There really is not a dominant team, and you look around the landscape of the country, and then you look at the Big Ten. If anybody really thinks they're dialed in yet to how this thing's gonna shake out, they're kidding themselves. <laughs> and that includes Purdue. I I do not think now and now it'll be interesting. You know, Northwestern um obviously has we talked about this last year, and they did it again in pretty much exactly the same way. They have a formula that they could play with their personnel that really gives Purdue fits. They basically force turnovers with their guards. I think they force 17. Mm -hmm. And even though Edie had a lot of points, they still are going to make the game. I think this is the way I put it on Mag. If you can force turnovers and turn at least a lot of the game into a referendum on Purdue's three-point shooting, you've got a shot Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what Northwestern did. And then of course their guards had to make enough offensive plays, which they did with boo booey. Now are there a bunch of teams in the big 10 that are equipped to do the same thing Mm -hmm. that Northwestern did? I don't know, but this idea, once again, people getting out over their skis with, (laughs) you know, Purdue as, as a juggernaut that they're vulnerable, they have vulnerabilities and, and i was very dubious about whether they had adequately addressed them and right now it looks to me like that's an open question so yeah the league is the league right now i i do not i will freely admit i do not have any kind of sense of what we're likely to see i I don't think anyone could know i think i think it's too early i think it's too early and there's just been way too much inconsistency. Yeah,
0: I think the inconsistency and the vulnerabilities that all the teams have, I, which is what we were discussing at the preseason shows with the you know for all the different teams, there are yeah. a lot of there are a lot of unknowns just like there was last year and it makes every I, game compelling. You don't really know how things are going to work out. You
1: think you might know, but it you does. don't really have any idea. And I think that maybe the one difference between what we said in the preseason and right now is I felt in the preseason okay, but Michigan State and Purdue should be separated from the pack, and I I include Purdue in this. I don't think Purdue has been great this year. Even take the Northwestern game out of it. I they, I've seen them play; they're not. They, they you know Edie is Edie, but I I don't see it. I don't see it with that team as as an elite team. They're obviously a good team, but there's a difference there. And we know Michigan State hasn't been close yeah. to what we thought they would be. So, right now, yeah, you can you can throw the 14 in a sack. <laughs> you know, it's gonna sort out. we're gonna yeah. we're gonna see and I would to be fair to Purdue, I would still expect them, obviously to be a contender. I don't think they're gonna if they're not gonna finish eighth, are they gonna win it? I don't know. I don't I didn't pick them to win it, and I feel okay about that. Now, I don't feel as good about Michigan State being the team that does it right now, but there's time for that to change. 25 years of history that says things can change so we'll see but it gets real with this one it gets real with this one i mean just a real quick thought before we get into wisconsin on the msu side of things i do think that it's a it's an annual exercise in um amnesia for a lot of michigan (laughs) state fans when we talk about november and december and people start losing their minds about losses taken at this time of year. And I think I think it's obvious. Tom Izzo, if Tom Izzo really cared about wins and losses as a bottom line at this time of year, he wouldn't schedule the way he does. He schedules the way he does for a reason, and that's to get a level check on his team, to attempt to determine strengths and weaknesses. <laughs> I think that's the purpose, you know, Yeah. but now that we have conference games at this time of year, that is a different deal. And so I, as much as I try to be level-headed about the non-conference and what it all means, which is fundamentally not a massive, massive amount other than giving you learning opportunities Conference games are a different story. So I think it gets it gets real for a sec here with these two games. You want these two games are more important than Arizona was. As much as people probably don't want to hear that, it's true. Yeah. From a Michigan State perspective, they matter more. So that's where we are. Yeah, and I think you know you can even back up and say, well, it doesn't. It probably
0: doesn't matter as much when it comes to seeding. Fancy right? A win against Arizona is probably worth more than beating Wisconsin and, and Nebraska together. But when it comes to the hanging banners, right? Beating Arizona really doesn't gain you much, uh, but you get a lot more.
1: Win the Big Ten, and-, and and I wanna I wanna speak to that seeding thing for a second too. I mean, that's always the 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 response and I'm sorry, folks, you're going to have to put up with some issues that I'm having uh, with with a cough, but we'll try to get through it. People try, that's usually the response, is, well, these games matter a lot for seating purposes, and sure they do. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's where your seating is really in large part earned is what you do in big non-conference games, or at least it's a significant component. But you only have to look back at last season's tournament to see i think in this current environment how little seeding matters anymore what were the seeds of the final 4 teams you kind of a four there wasn't a one there wasn't a one seed to be found nope. so nope. i don't think and and you know we go on and on about this but i think the portal has it's introduced a randomness to this that i don't think was quite there the way it is now. Yeah. And so no, do I think it's it's life or death that you got to be a top, you know, top 2, top 3 seed to have a great chance? No. Last year showed you that's the case. Yeah. And and to your point earlier, too,
0: I don't think I think it's pretty clear that there's not an, an elite team where you're just like, well, you don't want to run into, you know, Kentucky or Memphis. No. something. And so if that's the case, no. it is going to be just like it'll be crapshoot when you get to the tournament. Who's hot? Who's playing well? Who's not hurt? You know, those sorts of things come in and the matchups dependent. All right. Well, let's talk about the Badgers then. Uh, so Michigan State hosts the Badgers uh, for the tip off on Tuesday night. Badgers are six and two coming off a really big win over number three Marquette at home. They've also just annihilated Virginia on a neutral site, but also took a couple d- double-digit losses to Tennessee and Providence, and the Tennessee game I know was at home. So exactly, uh, yeah. interesting. You know, the Badgers are different this year. I think we, just like we'd say with Michigan State, I think they're doing things differently. They're not fantastic in turnovers percentage, number ninety-three, which is way less than where they usually are. But they're also top thirty in defense in offensive rebounding percentage. I and mean, last year they were three hundred thirty-eighth, which was just about last place. They're not shooting the three very well, only 30%, although it's better than Michigan State's, Uh, but they've been very good inside the arc. They get to the line a lot more than they have in the past, where they're now inside the top 100 for free throw attempts over field goal attempts. And on defense, they generate a lot of turnovers, which is not usually their uh, mark. Uh, They're number 44th in development generating turnovers, but they also foul a lot more, probably goes hand-in-hand with that. Uh, And then they're solid as usual in defensive rebounding. So different profile, but... Uh, same pesky kind of team in general.
1: <laughs> it's it's a very weird thing. I don't I don't know how to how to grasp what's going on with them. The turnover thing is actually not based on steals, which is why I think it's probably not sustainable. Mm-hmm. They are generating the vast majority of their turnovers are not coming via steals. You know, you're relying on opponents' mistakes more than anything you're doing right the the offensive rebounding is mind-blowing to me this is something offensive rebounding is something wisconsin never ever 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 does (laughs) and as you said last year 338 that's normal for wisconsin if you think about how they've played since since bo ryan got there it's always you don't send guys to the offensive boards you prioritize floor balance and that's it well it's been a totally different deal. And it's two guys. It's Tyler Wall and Stephen Kroll. Between them, 50 offensive rebounds so far. Wow. That's, that's a crazy number. And it's just those two guys. Nobody else is really doing anything beyond what you would normally expect from a Wisconsin player. So I don't know if that's going to be sustainable over the course of the whole season. But over eight games, it's been a factor they don't shoot real well from deep they're much better inside the arc the turnovers are not crazy bad but we're used to wisconsin being like a top 20 team so when they're nearly out of the top 100 that seems weird yeah. um defensively great defensive rebounding team which is normal for them that's one thing that's there uh you mentioned we mentioned the turnovers they're not actually great thus far in terms of uh field goal defense and they're fouling more often than they usually do they're usually a team that uh, how long for how many years have people been frustrated by the way (laughs) officials officiate wisconsin right right? now it's gotten better since ryan retired greg Gard doesn't get the same benefit of the doubt but it's eight games so there's a ton of time for these things to change and maybe revert back to the mean but this is a very different profile than you typically see from them. And it's a very different profile than they had last year. And it's most of the, it's almost all the same guys. So it's not like they had a big roster overhaul and well, it's different players and they're playing differently. No, it's the same guys. So I I don't know how to explain it. I I, I don't know how good they are. I mean, we picked them to be, we pick them fourth Fourth, or fifth, I think think, in the league Mm -hmm. fourth. Yeah. So, I'm not surprised that they've done some good things. Generally speaking, when Wisconsin has veteran players, they fare pretty well. And that's what they've got. This is a veteran team. It's been together for a while. You would expect them to play well. But, you know, the uh, people are making a lot of hay out of this Marquette win. I, I I I don't think Marquette's great. I know I know that they were ranked number 3, but I saw them I've seen them play a couple times and I didn't think Marquette was great. I don't think they look as good as they did at the end of last year. So I don't know how much that win means. I think, you know, Tennessee, as you mentioned, went into Cole and smacked them pretty good, which, you know, I know Tennessee's taken some losses lately, but I'm still deeply impressed by that team. I don't know. Um, I think there's a lot to to discover about how good Wisconsin actually is. And this game will, will start to help us reveal that, I think. I think it's been some up and down. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've, I mean, uh, quite honestly, you need to get about 10 games into the Big Ten season, which sounds like a kind of a cop out to really have a good feel for who who everyone is at that. I'd point. Agree. Right?
1: I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that.
0: All right. Well, let's start going through the starting lineup for the Badgers and, and the reserves. Uh, this segment is brought to you by the Brothers suggest Your Gutters. If you need gutter work or think you might need gutter work or really dislike cleaning out the leaves in your gutter, especially when it's 40 degrees and drizzly, why don't you hire someone to do it? Who, that's all they do. The Brothers of Just Two Gutters do fantastic work. They took care of my gutters in my house, and now I no longer have water pooling by my house or a tree growing my gutter like I did before. So they do, again, super work. Uh, they're all local, uh, locally owned. Uh, you can head on over to brothersgutters.com. Uh, you can get a hold of Kurt on the west side of the state in the Grand Rapids area, or Greg in the Metro Detroit area. Uh, they will take care of you. 10% off if you mention Final Four when you get your estimate. They can replace. They can repair. They can clean out your gutters. Whatever you need done, they've got a huge selection. The team comes in. They are very quick. They'll get out in just about any sort of weather. They for our house, they're doing it in February when it was raining. Uh, I couldn't imagine a worse time to be outside, <laughs> but they were there doing all the work. So uh, they are one worth check out, and they are sponsor the player that Michigan State needs to keep in the gutter, who Rod will identify as we go through the starters. Uh, so we we'll begin with AJ Store, six foot six, transfer from St. Louis. He was expected to be a premium portal edition. St. Saint Saint John. St. Saint John, sorry, yep. Uh was expected to be a premium portal edition, and he has been that so far, leading the team and scoring at 13.3 points a game on 39, 21, and 92 shooting. Uh, athletic and <laughs> Wisconsin element, which they don't normally have, which is athleticism.
1: Yeah, you know, every once in a while they get a guy on You know, their great teams about 10 years ago, uh, eight, 10 years ago, they had Sam Decker. Right. As a weight. And that was unusual to have a guy with that kind of athletic burst on the wing. Um, and they've had a couple of other guys, but by and large, they don't have guys like Stores, And he gives them a different element. Now, he's really struggling with the deep shot, but you're going to hear that much as with Michigan State. You're going to hear that, those kind of numbers, about a lot of these guys. Um, what I think they like, though, is his athletic ability his size and strength so they can use him posting up he can go off the dribble to some extent and uh and he can finish around the rim because of uh because of the size and strength and athletic ability he has so they expected him to give them a different element offensively and he is doing that so from that perspective but a great addition they're just going to hope that he dials in the jumper a little better. Yeah, I
0: mean, the guy shoots 92% from the line, so you suspect there's probably a little better shooting percentage there as well. Uh, so next would be Chucky Hepburn, two junior point guard, doing pretty well this season. He's averaging a little under 11 points a game on 43, 27, and 80 shooting, uh, leading the team in assists with three a game, uh, and has a 2-to-1 assist-to-turnover ratio.
1: Yeah, he's just steady. You know, he's also there... Their leader in steals, which is not a huge part of what they do, but worth mentioning. Uh, he's another guy, though. You know, is Chucky e. Hepburn a better shooter than that? Yeah, we know that. We've seen him do yep. it, prove it for two years. So just as with Michigan, it, this goes to show you, Michigan State's shooting woes are not exclusive to them. This happens to teams. And just as I would expect you know, Tyson Walker and Jaden Akins to shoot their way out of it, I figure Chucky Hepburn's probably going to shoot better. Yeah. Um, But he's, you know, it was a, if you remember, there were strong rumors that he was going to transfer out last off season. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he didn't was a big deal. And he's a big deal in terms of this team's success and their potential, because you have a veteran point guard who's been through it. And uh, that's a big positive for them. Well, next thing you're going to tell me is that other teams have foot injuries
0: on their players too, not just Michigan State yep uh, that's a f- next would be Bax Klezman six foot four junior had a big game against Marquette he's averaging 8.6 points a game on 45 36 and 93 shooting
1: yeah and you know he's he's kind of doing the same thing that uh that he did for them last year he's he's a nice piece to have good defensive player gives them a little bit of offensive burst he had a big game in the win over Marquette um you know, he's the kind of guy that, as in the Marquette game, every once in a while, you look up and he puts 20 on somebody. Mm-hmm. He's not going to do that regularly, but a nice piece to have, you know, some physicality on the wing, which they've always liked to have guys who were a little bit bigger. Um, but yeah, just a, you know, a solid piece.
0: Next would be Tyler Wall, six foot seven, senior, averaging 10.9 points a game, 5.6 rebounds a game, shooting 54% from the floor, and uh, poor 61% from the line. Uh, he's, as you mentioned before, pulling down a lot of offensive rebounds, averaging uh, almost three a game. And he's a player that Michigan State, because I think just last year in the yard before, they only played Wisconsin once, both times. And I both games he was out. So this will be the
1: first time they've seen him I in a, think in a right. couple of years. I think you're right. Uh, and and look, he's he is another one of these guys that sort of the epitome of what Wisconsin's program has been right comes in with very little advance hype and just works and works and gets better and eventually you look up and you got a guy who was a very good player and that's what he is he's not perfect he, he is never managed to figure out the jump shot and that's a you know th- this in this era of stretch fours yeah. when you have a four who can't shoot at all from deep that's noticeable, but he's a standard issue Wisconsin player in that he's very clever in the post. Um, the offensive of rebounding is, I mean, he's always, he's been able to do that a little bit, but this is crazy um, what he's done thus far. And he's also, he's a nice, versatile player. You know, he can make passes for other people. He's just very, very solid. The jump shooting limits him a little bit. The free throw shooting is not great either. Yeah. Um, but other than that, he's off to the kind of start you would have expected.
0: Yeah, I think it's probably safe to say he's not a great shooter <laughs> from the line or from right. the so So uh, finally, we'll, uh, Stephen Kroll, 7-foot senior, uh, having a good season so far. He's averaging 11.5 points a game, almost eight rebounds a game, shooting 63-60, although that's a very small volume, only five three-point attempts, right. and 68% from the free throw line. A lot of offensive rebounds averaging yeah. better
1: than three and a half a game. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, it's these two guys, but especially Kroll. Wall, you know, what if you told me, yeah, he's gonna average almost three offensive rebounds a game in the early going, we said, All right, I can see that. Kroll's never done this. And to to be averaging that many offensive rebounds is crazy for him. He's another kind of standard issue Wisconsin big man. You know, um, I think the three point shooting obviously is a very low volume thus far. He's what they draw up for their big men, more or less. They say he's gotten a little bit stronger this year, so that's helping as well, but just just a great start. I mean, I, I think if you look at his overall game thus far, you'd be hard pressed to say, Well, we wanted a little more out of him. I think he's you know, he's been he's been a decent, solid, good player for them for a couple of years now. But this is clearly another step forward this season. Now, moving on to reserves, beginning with
0: John Blackwell, six foot four freshman, played a brother, Rice. Uh, he's averaging nine points a game and three point one rebounds a game in only 17 minutes, shooting 50, 50 and 86. Quite a pickup.
1: Yeah. Um, John Blackwell, I was reading today. and I can't remember. I don't think this was consensus. This was one of the services. Had him rated outside of the top 250 <laughs> nationally. Neither Michigan State nor Michigan got involved. He committed to Wisconsin pretty early, if I remember yeah. correctly. Um, so there might have been more movement if he had waited around. But, um, you know, he was on a brother race team that was pretty balanced and he never dominated for them. But there, there was a feeling I had heard this from people who pay attention, high school kids in the state, that it it wasn't shocking. Let's put it this way. I'm not shocked that he's helping. If you had said nine points a game and shooting the way he is, that's surprising. Mm -hmm. I thought his contributions this year would be more, you know, he's a decent athlete. He's got decent size. So I thought, well, he could help a little bit defensively, you know, maybe get some Um, garbage points here there but he has played way better than that and it looks like it looks like they got a steal you know he comes from good bloodlines his dad some of our older listeners may remember his dad glenn blackwell who was from highland park very good player at illinois so that's also a reason why it's not shocking but i i think he's been even with that said i think he's been a pleasant surprise the level at which he's played
0: yeah, and I think you had nothing but nice things to say about him during the, our preview show, too, to start the yeah. season. So, But again, like a little bit more than what Absolutely. you expected. Uh, so next we go to Connor Sejan. So he was a really great addition to the team as a freshman last year, but he's been having a rough – well, I don't know if it's a sophomore slump, but he's definitely had trouble getting out of the gate. Six-foot-four uh, four guard, averaging only 2.6 points a game in eight minutes. Uh, he's only shooting 31, 18, and 100 and last year to get but he that's about halfway was last year. Last year he shot the three at thirty six percent. So, um, and he was a starter last year. So he's getting back from injury, so maybe that's a bit a little tougher, especially for a guy like him who's relies on his shot his shot.
1: That that seems to be the problem, you know. he had a back injury, and so he's been trying to work his way back in and it just hasn't come thus far. And if you remember a siege from last year, he was a problem. Yeah, he was good. I mean, this was a guy who could take and make shots. You know, needed some work defensively, but um had the makings of a very very good player and it just has not been able to happen thus far. Now plenty of time for that to change. Um but they also don't need him as much. It's one of the nice things about Blackwell coming on so fast is they can be patient. Yeah. With a Seaguin, you know, and adding AJ Store it's it's changed the dynamic some, so they're not they're not suffering from this, at least not yet. Nolan Winter will be next at six foot eleven freshman averaging two point four
0: points a game and two point three rebounds a game, playing about nine minutes. Uh, so he'll obviously be backing up for Stephen Kroll. He's shooting 47, 29, and 60. And this
1: happens with Wisconsin. Uh they added two big men this year. It was Nolan Winter and then a kid named uh, Gus Yarden who was not playing and Gus Yarden needed some time to rework his body. I think that was clear, but he was a very impressive high school recruit and much more highly regarded, but he's not playing and Nolan Winter is and Nolan Winter has actually been pretty productive in the early going, which is a rare thing at Wisconsin for a freshman big. I think, uh, Anybody who follows the sport even semi closely knows that the pattern at Wisconsin is young bigs usually take some time mm-hmm. in that program to develop. Yeah. They'll redshirt them frequently, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact he's been able to contribute as a true freshman and be reasonably productive, that's a that's a good sign.
0: Next would be six foot seven junior, Carter Gilmore. Uh he's uh averaging 1.7 points a game and 2.1 rebounds a game in about 12 minutes, shooting 56%
1: from the floor and 67% from the line. Again, kind of a standard issue type at Wisconsin. I believe, I think Carter Gilmore was a walk-on initially. Um, He's not the most talented guy, but he just gets in there. He's physical. He's got some good size, decent mobility. He's willing to mix it up. Not making huge contributions statistically, but he's another piece to that rotation puzzle. And, you know, they've won a lot of games with guys like that as an eighth or ninth man. Finally,
0: Kamari McGee, six-foot junior guard, has played in all the games this so far this season, averaging 1.4 points a game in about nine minutes, shooting 43, 33, and 67.
1: Yeah, and the shooting's on very low volume, obviously. Sure one for Probably. three, I'm sure, for three. <laughs> yeah, but... Look, he's he's the guy who's going to play, you know, the eight or nine minutes a night at the point that uh, Chucky Hepburn needs to rest. That's basically his role. Just hold the fort down. They don't ask a lot of him. Right.
0: And so for who would you select as the brothers at Just Two Gutters player that Michigan State needs to keep in the gutter?
1: I get, you know, because of circumstances, I'm not going to go with A.J. Storm. I'm going to go with Tyler Wall. Yeah. Their utility knife and and uh, and well that and and we'll get to why when we turn to the keys mm-hmm. okay
0: so uh before we get to the keys of the game just a reminder for another great sponsor of the show nudge printing nudge printing is a great place to get your spartan apparel and other collegiate apparel from the state of michigan outside of the university of michigan you can head on over to nudgeprinting.com there you can find their wide selection of shirts hoodies sweatshirts uh they've got wall uh Wall stickers, they've got stickers for your computer, stickers for your cornhole, all kinds of things. Any kind of screen printed thing, you can probably find it at the uh, Nudge Printing. Uh, you can go to NudgePrinting.com and at checkout, type in Final Four just as one word, and that will give you 20% off your order. Uh, Gabe and his uh, wife, Brittany, do a great job there. Great Spartan alums. They were instrumental in the Spartan strong st- effort in helping the shooting victims at Michigan State. Uh, they are people definitely worth supporting, and you get super high-quality screen printed apparel, which I have a bunch and love it, and my family loves it. It's their favorite stuff. So check out Nudge Printing at nudgeprinting.com. So we'll begin with five keys of the game. We'll start with the boards. Obviously, as you mentioned before, Wisconsin actually rebounding offensively really well, which is not typical. And so, you know, obviously Michigan State has been a couple times a little struggling a little bit on the defensive end. So this is obviously
1: a, a place you don't want to give a team extra opportunities to score. Uh, absolutely. I think it really... Um, it's it's an area you're not used to worrying about with Wisconsin but you're going to have to in this game and it's two guys as I said Wall and Kroll together have grabbed 50 offensive rebounds I don't think I didn't do the math but I don't think the rest of their team combined has that many Um, so you got to worry about those two guys and that's going to mean that there's going to be a real importance to what guys like Maddie and Carson Cooper and Malik Hall and Cohen Carr, what those guys are able to do because they're going to have to check those guys out for sure.
0: And so then that brings us to the second key to the game, Malik Hall. So it sounds like he's been, he was sick a little bit over the weekend And so, uh, you know, he's an obvious matchup. He's kind of like the uh, mirror image of Tyler Wall, except I'd say he could shoot better. (laughs) He's just not this year, but he generally can shoot a lot better than Tyler.
1: Yeah, Izzo said this morning that uh, it's been tough, but as of this morning, they think he'll go. They just don't know how much they'll get from him. very important because if you don't get a lot from Malik, then, you know, you're going to have to mix and match. And Izzo said they may end up going with moddy and um carson together Mm -hmm. which i think is possibly something that can work at least defensively i don't know about the offensive end so that's a possibility obviously colin Carr. i don't think you're gonna see xavier booker in this game i just I, i i don't think he's ready for what guys like wall could throw at him um i think that would probably go poorly Um, But the best possible solution would be Malik being able to play like at least 20 minutes of high-quality basketball. And let's remember, Malik Hall's played some good games against Wisconsin in recent years. I didn't go back to check the stats, but I just know from memory he's had some very, very good games against them in recent years. Yeah, I I think that's that's an important fact. What kind of Malik does MSU get? Third key to the
0: game, the start. And we've talked about this a number of times because it's been a bit of a problem for Michigan say They've had a lot of slow starts this year. And so, you know, this a big-time play. There's a good team. You can't start out in a hole every game and expect to win the right. majority of those games.
1: Absolutely. Uh, it's as simple as that, right? You, you can't keep putting yourself in a hole.
0: And the fourth key to the game, gangs that couldn't shoot straight. <laughs> so we have both teams that uh, inexplicably cannot hit threes this year. And especially for Michigan State with a bunch of players who normally are 40-plus percent really, really struggling.
1: And so my, my thinking here is both of these teams have struggled so much that if either one actually does have a nice shooting night, that could be a big difference maker. And, and I will, I don't usually do this kind of thing, but I'm going to go out on a limb. I just have this feeling that Michigan State is set to have a breakout game. Now, that doesn't mean it gets sustained. Beyond that, I don't mean that all of a sudden the issue is fixed. I just have this feeling that they're going to come out and shoot the ball well against Wisconsin. But if it happens either way for either team where they shoot 45%, that could be a big difference maker. Well, we'll hope the Michigan State gets out of their funk. It'd be be nice to see. I, I just, I have a feeling that we're from Tyson Walker and Jaden Akins. I think that's what we're going to see. I just, they're overdue, and it just feels that way to me. We'll see if my gut's right.
0: And the fifth and final key to the game is one that you've never heard before, AJ. <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it's pretty simple, right? If they don't get eye-level uh, AJ Hogarth this team ceiling, is much lower than we'd all like to see it so you know he's he in fits and starts he's maybe started to show in the last two games um some signs that maybe he's starting to figure it out getting downhill more getting to the rim more drawing more fouls doing all of those things still way too much inconsistency especially defensively i think um But it's, look, it's Big Ten play. It's time for him to step up and be the guy I think everybody expected. Yeah. Senior point guard, right? This is what you expect, Michigan State. Well, I
0: think uh, we'll wrap it up there since uh, we appreciate you soldiering on through here, (laughs) getting through this. Yeah. With... With I
1: feel better than I sound. Trust me.
0: <laughs> That's always the worst part of colds and stuff when you've actually yeah. sound better. People get shirk away from you. You're like, no, actually, I'm, I don't think I'm contagious. Yeah. I'm much better now than I was right. a couple days ago. Yep. Uh, so again, a quick reminder to check out Nudge Printing at nudgeprinting.com. Another great sponsor is Brothers Just Do Gutters. So if you need gutter work for your house or your, or business, check them out. You can find out contact information for Greg and Kurt, uh, the, your podcast player below. Uh, I guess the last thing is we don't expect Kohler. You said you're not expecting Booker. Do you expect the starting lineup to be similar to it was the last game, meaning Trey Holloman starting over AJ? Or do you think AJ is going to be reinserted into the starting lineup?
1: No. I mean, we talked about this, right? That based on the way Trey Holloman played, I don't see why you make a change. That's my thought too, yeah. You know, but we'll see.
0: Okay, and then I one last little bit, which is un, non-basketball related. I will actually not be at the game, and so I had a listener <laughs> who reached out. I just want to mention that. So I will be at a concert for my late son, uh, Andy, who passed away five years ago. And so we're having a memorial concert here in Grand Rapids. But we will come back with some post-game analysis, so don't worry about that. But instead of closing the show with the usual Song. I'm going to close just like I did last Christmas with my son Andy singing a solo away in the manger in 2017 Christmas concert. Uh, so until next time, the final four is on the schedule. Go green.